Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You know when you're trying to think of a song but just can't quite remember the name? Like when you're looking for the perfect track for a car ride, but all you can think of is a beat? Well, using weed in your teens can make you forget things you want to remember. Because your brain is still developing, the THC in weed can impact your ability to form memories and remember things. Mindovermarijuana.com can show you the different ways weed can impact you in real life. Want proof? Check out the facts at mindovermarijuana.com. Sponsored by the California Department of Public Health. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. It's about 1130 in the morning here on the East Coast of the United States. In a minute, Larry Johnson will be with us. First question, does the CIA spy on the president right after this? When it comes to carrying valuables or even firearms in your vehicle, most people feel they have to choose between safety and convenience. A vehicle break-in occurs every 36 seconds in America. The Headrest Safe gives you the power to store cash, jewelry, medication, and yes, even your concealed carry firearm. You'll never have to worry about taking your valuables with you again. Keep them safe with the Headrest Safe. Use promo code JUDGENAP and enjoy $50 off for a limited time at theheadrestsafe.com. Larry, always a pleasure, and thank you for joining us. We know, of course, that the um, before we get into the latest on Ukraine, that the uh, president uh, receives a, if he wants, a daily briefing uh, from the intelligence community every day. Does the intelligence community, CIA or any other aspect of it, surveil the president and his wife? Uh, not officially. Uh, so, number one, uh, you would have intercepted communications. Well, every presidential phone call is already recorded, intercepted by uh, the communications, White House communications office. So, you know, that's collected. Uh, what you get is the uh, informal banter based on briefers, what they've seen. Uh, they go back and we'll talk about it, but that's not, to my knowledge, that's never been formally written up. Uh, what you don't have is actual unit investigating said okay let's let's delve into in this case joe biden's contacts with these ukrainians and let's see what we can uncover get that information in the course of the uh in the course of doing work on ukraine they may come across and say oh goodness we've got some uh, uh, uncomfortable ties here relationships with the president uh, so if he gets would, out of bed and if he gets out of bed in the morning and he can't find his slippers and he asks jill to help help them find his slippers, that's not going to be picked up by CIA surveillance. In the White House, that's not going to be picked Correct. up by CIA surveillance. Correct. Okay. I now, remember, the White House 
flew in. Say again. So the White, the White House or flew in, and you know, would comment on that, but uh, not the CIA. Okay, um, I remember uh, one of my last conversations with uh, President Trump when he was in the White House. We were talking about pardons, and he wanted it was, uh, he was asking my opinion on people he was about to pardon and and commute sentences for. And then I reminded him, you know, you're leaving in a couple of weeks, and we had a small talk. And and then I reminded him that he promised the American public and me personally uh, in private that he would, while still president, release the JFK uh, files. And he said, no, I can't do it. If they had shown you what they showed me, you wouldn't release it either. What did they show you? and Who showed it to you? Now, here's the part of the conversation I want to recount to you. Judge, someday when we're together and 15 people aren't listening to our phone call, I'll tell you what they showed me. Now, what does he mean? 15. It may have been his way of speaking. Maybe it's 20. Maybe it's two. But what does he mean? 15 people listening to his phone call. He was calling from the Oval Office. Right. So you remember when the first impeachment of Trump with uh, when Venman came and the transcript of his conversation. That's that's what he's talking about. That is recorded by elements uh, of the Department of Defense. They fall under military chain of command, and uh, so every every communication is recorded now. Uh, goes back. There was a there was a period, you know, you, you know, 60, 70 years ago when the conversations weren't recorded, but that's not the case now. Technology has made it available, so they do get all of that recorded. Okay. Um, how about his cell phone? He used to call me from his cell phone. Would that be recorded? That He's in the back of a uh, of the of the beast, the presidential limo. That's recorded too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. What is the um, status uh, of the Ukraine offensive as of today, June 20th? Uh, if you could compare, it was promised to be delivered like a Hollywood blockbuster. It'd be the set the world on fire. Uh, it's been a flop, a flop at the box office. But in this case, what we're talking about, it's it's been a flop because you've got you know, literally uh, more than 10,000 Ukrainian troops dead. Mm. And then they have not advanced even to the first line of defense. So it's been it's been a terrible it's been terrible carnage on the part of the Ukrainian troops. And, and basically everybody that the United States and NATO was training in the last uh, three months are, are probably dead. Is, is this a, a political offensive or a military one? By which I mean, is yeah. the so-called offensive, I'm using air quotes, going on because President Zelensky promised it, maybe as a means to gin up more uh, assistance uh, from the West, or is it militarily indicated as feasible and probably victorious for the Ukrainians? And if the latter, who who thinks that it's probably victorious for the Ukrainian military? No, this is this is a political hit. This has nothing to do with actual. Of sound military doctrine or strategy, uh, but by having you know the problem is not so much the guys that have been trained recently to drive tanks. The issue comes at the command level, going from colonel to general, where at that level to be able to manipulate and maneuver units in a coordinated fashion, to use what's called combined arms, 
part of the and combined arms means that you can use uh, artillery, you can use infantry tactics, you can use air assets, you can use even satellites. So you have the whole array, every every possible weapon and communication system brought together and integrated. The problem for Ukraine is <laughs> they don't have a functioning air force, so they don't really have any fixed wing aircraft that can consistently arrive at the front to provide close air support for advancing units. Their helicopter force has been depleted by the Russians. They don't have any mobile, effective mobile air defense system that can accompany advancing units. And these units have really been trained in a sort of a hodgepodge manner. They've not, they've not received consistent training from one location. They've been trained in over 40 different locations, reportedly in 33 different countries, according to Millie. So this is really a recipe for disaster. It is not sound military doctrine, and it's being driven entirely by politics. Is uh, General Zaluzhny... Uh, injured to the point where he's capa- incapacitated and is someone else uh, making, <clears throat> excuse me, these uh, senior military command decisions? It sort of reminds you of that the game, where's Waldo? You know, right. So now we're doing a, the Ukraine version, but it's like, where's Zaluzny, where's Budinov, uh, the, the head of uh, their intelligence organization? Men are missing in action. And at the, at the height of this most important military operation, ostensibly, the most important military operation of the entire war in Ukraine since its outset was the Luzhny's missing, uh, as is as is the the number two guy Sersky. Uh, so it is you know there's something really uh, I think what we're seeing are the effects of Russia's decision to target decision making centers, and in the consequence uh, consequence of that is they have killed or wounded some top level Ukrainian officials. You, um, I think, have told us that uh, in order to conduct uh, an effective offensive, and now I'm talking about classroom and by the book, you have to have at least a two or three to one advantage over the defenders. Um, uh, Colonel Davis tells us that not only is it not three to one, it's one to ten. It's like one Ukrainian for every ten Russians. So how can they possibly make a military decision that's counterindicated by basic military science 101. Do I have that right? Yeah, well, so they, they could have adjusted to that. As the Remember when the, when the special military operations started, Russia was actually at a disadvantage size-wise relative to the Ukrainian army. But Russia countered that size disadvantage by the effective use of artillery to provide covering fire. And what, what Russia had that Ukraine does not have is ample supplies of artillery and artillery ammunition. So that is one way to counter if you're, if you're numerically inferior, if you can bring more firepower from combination of artillery, fixed wing aircraft, missiles, cruise missiles, as well as uh, uh, you know, the, the, the heavier kind that are launched from the ground then you can you may not need as large of a force because you can bring firepower to those defensive positions otherwise that you would have to rely upon ground troops to provide we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to talk about nuclear russian nuclear weapons in belarus president uh putin's justification for them and larry's analysis of it right after this 
The headrest safe is quick and easy to use. Some may even call it a game changer. The headrest safe acts as a safety net, protecting your belongings while keeping them out of sight and out of bounds of others, serving as security while also keeping your valuables in bounds. That's what the headrest safe provides for me. Game, set, match. Before we uh, get to the issue of nukes in uh, Belarus and President Putin's attitude about them, which is a remarkable uh, attitude in my view, but we'll play the tape for you. Um, can I raise your blood pressure just a little bit, Larry? <laughs> sure, sure, go ahead. All right, we have, we have a tape of uh, General Petraeus uh, predicting Ukraine victory in the offensive. Take a I listen. think that the Ukrainians are very much ready for this. They'll be very distinctive because they will be using, employing Western tanks, Western infantry fighting vehicles in large measure for the first time in this war, certainly in this number. I think the Russians will prove to be more brittle than the expectation is. Keep in mind, these units have been in combat for over a year, many of them. They have not been pulled offline to reconstitute by being having forces replaced, equipment replaced and repaired, and then doing training before they go back. They just get individual replacements to fill the gap. They're not well-trained. They're not well-equipped. They're not well-led. And I think that these Ukrainian forces, which are well-trained, are well-equipped, are going to break through. And then you might see a real dynamism to the battlefield that could give real opportunities to the Ukrainians to exploit. Does he know what the hell he's talking about? No. The, the good news here, Judge, is thank God he's no longer in active duty to, <laughs> to cause more harm to our military than is already being caused. Uh, now, what he's presenting, this was, this was, he said this on June 6th, so clearly he had been briefed about what the plan was. And what the expectations, this is the most important part, what the expectations of NATO generals were, that they really they really did sincerely believe that Russia was a brittle force and that these Ukrainian tanks would sweep through and just wipe the floor. Well, <laughs> that didn't happen. Just the opposite. The Russians stopped it cold and destroyed vast numbers of the tanks, and armored personnel carriers, the Bradley fighting vehicles. So uh, it'd be, I'd be curious to see what Petraeus is saying now, because everything he said about the Russian army actually applies to the Ukrainian army. Mm. Uh, the Russian army is not brittle. The Russian army is not dealing with forced conscripts. And the Russian army, most importantly, has taken the people that were called to recalled to active duty. They recalled reservists have had ex at least four to five months of training before they're now put out onto defensive positions along the line. So uh, Petraeus, uh, you know, if, if maybe he should become a stock picker, have him pick a stock, and then you do the exact opposite. He, he'd be good in that regard. Here, here he is again extolling, to be, wait till the very end of, of the clip, it's a little shorter than the one we just ran, uh, extolling the advantage to the Ukraine, Ukrainian military of F-16s. Of course, we all know, I don't want to steal your thunder, but we all know how long it's going to take, A, before they get there, and B, before there are human beings 
trained to fly them. But here's uh, on the same day, June 6th, uh, General Petraeus. But there again. should be a very solid path to NATO membership that's provided at the Vilnius summit on 11 July. But in the meantime, the focus should be on enabling Ukraine to the greatest extent that we possibly can so that the Ukrainians can prove to Putin that the Russians will not be able to outsuffer the Ukrainians. And also, we prove they won't be able to outsuffer the Europeans and the Americans as well. Does this include F-16 jets? Oh, absolutely. We should have made the decision to transition to Western aircraft long ago. Again, this was inevitable. Because I see it, two crazy, two two crazy statements. Yeah. Ukraine should be in NATO equals World War III, uh, and uh, we should have sent F-16s a year and a half ago. Your thoughts? Well, already we've seen Joe Biden even back away from uh, removing any restrictions for Ukraine to get into NATO. He just basically said, "No, NATO, Ukraine would have to jump through all the hoops and." They're not going to make it easy for him. So he, the, the Biden administration is already backing away from that. This obsession with the F-16, Judge, that that plane is almost as uh, old as you and me, and it's never actually been flown in a combat environment against a peer. Mm. In other words, it's, it's, it's never been flying against Russian aircraft or Chinese fighter aircraft that are of comparable capabilities. So this this wonder weapon mentality that infests people like Petraeus is just, it's astonishing because the the one thing that will be learned is that the F-16 will be shot down by Russian air defense systems, the S-300, S-400, maybe even the S-500. It it will be destroyed. And if there are U.S. pilots in the seat, they'll be either killed or captured. Did he use use F-16s in uh, um, Iraq? Yeah, I'm sure he did, but what was he flying against? The, the right. Iraqi Air Force didn't exist at that point, and right. Iraq had no effective air okay. defense. The key, the key to your phrase is the F-16s have never been used effectively by the American military against a peer, Correct. a, a military of, of equal. Yeah. They're, you know, when you're flying, when you're flying a, a, the aircraft against a bunch of goat herders or guys riding camels, you know, the, the, those cats and goats can't do much to you if you're up at uh, you know twenty thousand feet, ten thousand. Got it. But got it. Here's um, to get to uh, what I promised we would discuss. Uh, here's President Putin again in that uh, same interviewer with the uh, a female voice uh, translating into English about uh, the appropriate use and placement of nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons have been uh, created to ensure our security in the widest sense of this word and the existence of the Russian state. But firstly, there's no need for that. And, you know, all these discussions and considerations, they reduce the level, the threshold for using such weapons. And secondly, we have more uh, such weapons uh, than the Western countries. And that is why they move us uh, towards uh, beginning these uh, discussions. No way. Sounds pretty rational to me, Larry. Yeah, yeah, and that that phrase he used, <laughs> "no way," is actually uh, in, in in Russian. It's, uh, it's drawn from the word horseradish, but the, the the term is it's it's somewhat of a vulgar term because if you look at a full horseradish 
the root that looks it has a phallic imagery i'll say and right. so when he he was really sort of basically saying you tell the americans they could shove it now putin's concern is this you've got two missile batteries uh that, that have come off the aegis uh ships uh, and it's these are capable of carrying nuclear warheads they're now on the ground in poland and romania and russia has no confidence and no assurance from the west that those missile systems are not carrying nuclear tip warheads. Mm. And the United States, in fact, has deployed nuclear warheads throughout the European theater. Also, some of the F-16s that are being proposed are also capable of carrying a nuclear missile. So Russia, by taking this step, is upping the ante, but also showing that it is taking very seriously this lack of uh, prudence on the part of the United States and NATO. Larry, do we know what nuclear uh, weapons, what type of nuclear weapons the Russians uh, recently sent to Belarus? Uh, I'm, I'm sure the intelligence folks do, do know that, that they're able to look at the, the imagery. Uh, I don't think the Russians hit it any. But, uh, you know, it's, it's missiles that are capable of reaching anywhere in Europe, for starters. Uh, the, these, these are designed more for the, the threat of uh, NATO expansion because the United States with NATO has continued to talk about uh, spreading nuclear weapons uh, through that as, as against a attempt to uh, threaten Russia. Finally, I want to ask you about General uh, Ben Hodges, who's the four-star, <laughs> retired, former uh, yeah. commander-in-chief of all American troops in Europe, said over the weekend, quote, I'm going to have to read what he said, as absurd as it is. Ukraine can liberate Crimea, close quote. This, this makes uh, Petraeus sound rational. Yeah. Hodges uh, is in competition with Petraeus for the dumbest former military pundit on air. Uh, you, you know, this, this notion. Uh, now, actually, there is uh, concern come out today. I've heard that uh, Shogu, uh, this, they're basically the secretary of defense in, uh, on the Russian side. Has, has warned against what uh, they've got intelligence indicating that HIMARS and, and other missile systems may be used against Crimea, that these would be used, that uh, the storm shadow, the British uh, cruise missile. And that if this happens, that Russia is going to view this as the United States attacking Russian territory. Can you, so can that, you, repeat, can you repeat what you just said? Uh, the, the transmission broke up a little bit. Going back okay. to the Russian defense minister said. Yeah, the Russian defense minister Shoigu said that uh, they've got intelligence indicating that the United States and the United Kingdom via the HIMARS and Storm Shadow cruise missile will be launching attacks on Crimea, which is Russian territory, at least as Russians view it. And they will view that as an attack by the United States and the United Kingdom on Russia. So this has the potential to start escalating and escalating quickly. Larry Johnson, no matter what we talk about, your, your insight is so valuable and so much appreciated uh, by the folks that uh, watch this show regularly. Growing number when you're on and, of course, by me. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Judge. More as we get it, my friends. Judge Napolitano, hope you like what you hear, and I know you do. Like, subscribe, and if you've already liked and subscribed, share with a friend. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.
You want to feel safe in your vehicle with access to your firearm that's both secure and convenient. The Headrest Safe keeps your firearm where you can access it and no one else can. It starts at theheadrestsafe.com.